Welcome to the Delight in the Limelight podcast. I'm your host, Linda Ugalow, speaking confidence coach and author of the book, Delight in the Limelight. I'm here to take you on a journey from the dread of public speaking to loving it instead. If you enjoy this podcast, be sure to leave a review on iTunes cause I'll be choosing a reviewer by random each week to win one of my online programs for free. I'll have the programs listed in the show notes. Now, let's move on to today's episode. In the last episode, we spoke about the inner critic, and today we're going to continue along those lines, but look at healing our self-image. Because how you feel about your appearance impacts how you allow yourself to be seen. And I'll be sharing with you six ways to turn that around. So how do you know if you have an issue with your self-image? Well, look at yourself on video and notice what goes on in your mind. If you're constantly seeing all the things you don't like, that's an issue with your self-image. Or what do you say to yourself when you see yourself in the mirror? Is it, hey, beautiful, I love you. Or, oh my God, those bags under your eyes. Or, ugh, you look awful. When you criticize how you look in this way, it's going to stand in the way of your speaking confidence, and not just in one way, but in many. I'm going to give you four of them here. First of all, it creates a self-consciousness and a shrinking effect, where you may be literally trying to hide yourself, hoping others don't notice what you consider to be your defects. When I was a teen, I had some baby teeth that didn't have adult teeth underneath them, which means they were smaller than my adult teeth. And one of them showed when I smiled. My mom told me that my teeth looked ugly when I smiled. So from that time in my teens until I was 35, I felt so incredibly self-conscious whenever I smiled. And I did everything I could to contort my mouth so that my tooth wouldn't show. Which means that anytime I was laughing and happy, it was always diminished and tinged with this feeling of self-consciousness and worry. Luckily, when I was 35, a good friend said, Linda, you have such a great smile. Just let yourself smile. And that was the beginning for me to turn that around. Okay, what else does it do? It uses up mental bandwidth. When there's part of you that's wanting to hide when you speak, it causes you to be less present and less available and less connected to those you're talking to because a part of your brain is working on it. It's distracting. It can also keep you from putting yourself out there altogether. Several people have shared with me that not liking the way they looked was the number one reason they were afraid of getting on video. And last but not least, it's demoralizing. We spoke about this in the last episode. You're essentially rejecting yourself. You're saying, I don't like you. I don't accept you. I don't like looking at you. And that's sad. And it's unfortunate. And it's unnecessary. Children aren't like that. They don't have a catalog of standards that they hold themselves to yet. They're enthralled looking at themselves. And of course, they're cute and adorable and beautiful. But you know what? So are you. Now, of course, we all have preferences. I do too. We may want to be thinner or taller. We may want to look younger or older or be fitter or have different features than we were born with. But holding yourself captive to an ideal doesn't serve you and it doesn't serve the people around you. 
Think about Oprah. Oprah is someone who openly struggled with her weight. But if she had held herself back instead of putting herself out there, our world wouldn't have been as rich as it became because she gave us so much. And the same goes for you too. You and your opinions, your perspective, your knowledge and wisdom matters. Now, I hope it helps you just to hear me talk this out, but I also know that sometimes things can be understandable on an intellectual level, but you don't know how to actually make the shift. So I'm going to give you six tools and mindsets to help you move toward healing your self-image. Number one, investigate. Ask yourself and clarify what you actually feel self-conscious about. What do you think you should be like instead? Where did you pick up that idea from? When did you become conscious of this belief? Did you get a comment? Was there a line in a movie or a book? Did you have an experience? Having some idea about the origins or the root cause of these can help you to unravel their hold on you. And just like impacting past experiences, you may want to go and review episodes 12 and 13 and utilize one or more of the healing techniques I describe there. Number two, sort the laundry. What I mean by this is not all criticisms of ourselves are the same. When you look more closely at things you tend to reject about yourself, there are some things that you'll notice are changeable and some things that are less changeable. Like you can change the clothing you wear, the way you style your hair. You can work on your posture. You can put on makeup. What you can't change as easily or instantly are the features or the color of your eyes, the, the shape of your nose, your teeth, your weight, the sound of your voice. Now, back in 2011, I traveled to India with my Women's World Music Group, and we visited the Tibetan children's village near Dharamsala, which is where the Dalai Lama lives. And in the children's village, there's a big courtyard where the children run around with their bicycles and they play games. And on the walls there, there were these painted sayings or words of wisdom, teachings from the Dalai Lama to the kids that he wanted to encourage in the children. And one of them said this, why be unhappy about something if it can be remedied? And what's the use of being unhappy if it cannot be remedied? I want you to think about this because this applies to our self-criticisms, our self-image. Why be unhappy about something if it can be remedied? And what's the use of being unhappy if it cannot? So consider that. Number three, open yourself to a new perspective on beauty. We tend to have narrow views on what beauty is, but what if instead we adopted and celebrated the idea of beauty being diverse and diversity as beautiful? I mean, think about it. Each of us is completely unique with our own set of genes, with the exception of identical twins, of course. But you are a unique expression of the mix of genes from your heritage. When you buy a puppy or a kitty, they have all kinds of markings and we love them for it. Love yourself for your particular unique markings. Number four, widen your sense of beauty to include the magic of your body and the magic of how it functions. Our bodies are so much more than the way they look. It's amazing and awesome how they move, how we process, how we heal, how we sense. I used to have an issue with the shape of my nose, again, due to my mother's comments. 
but I love and appreciate my nose now because of how I can breathe. And you can do this for any part of your body. Give it love and appreciation, even when it's hurt, strained, or not performing optimally. Go through your entire body this way and fill yourself with the wonderment of it all. Number five, cultivate positive self-talk. Try this. Write down what you would love for someone else to say about your appearance. And don't hold back. Don't censor yourself. If someone came in right now and they were to say something to you about how you look today, what would you love for it to be? And then I want you to read that back and tell it to yourself. Tell it to yourself when you look in the mirror. Number six, connect with the beauty inside you and let that shine out. Think about the people you love to be around and the energy they have. Be that person for the others around you. I want to give you permission to love yourself just as you are without having to be a certain size or a certain age or have a certain sound to your voice. You are beautiful. And when you love and appreciate yourself, when you allow that inner radiance to shine out, you stop caring so much about what others see in you. You no longer feel that same self-consciousness or that shrinking where you try to hide. You'll no longer be distracted by your worries of how you look. And that will enable you to be more present when you speak and to delight in the limelight. Now, if you're wanting to put these ideas into practice, I invite you to join Comfy on Camera, where you learn to make friends with a lens and to watch yourself on video without cringing. I'll put the link in the show notes for you to check out. Until the next episode, I wish you a healing journey to delight in the limelight. Thank you for listening to Delight in the Limelight. I hope you feel a little more hopeful and excited about speaking in public. If you like the show, recommend it to someone you know. And if you haven't yet read the book, Delight in the Limelight, you can get it online or at your favorite bookstore or request it from your local library. Remember, speaking is our human design. Let's learn to delight in it together.